Unless you've been living under a rock, deep under a rock, you've heard about the controversy involving Papa John's and its beleaguered founder, John Schnatter. Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, the executive editor of Restaurant Business Magazine, and I'm here with Peter Romeo, the editor-at-large of Restaurant Business, in a special edition of our podcast, A Deeper Dive. Welcome, Peter. Hey, Jonathan. How you doing? I'm fantastic. So the controversy between Schnatter and Papa John's has erupted into an all-out war, with Schnatter suing the company that dismissed him and removed him from its ads. He's also trashing company management including his hand-picked successor, Steve Ritchie, blaming him for weak performance at the company. Papa John's, for its part, says that Schneider's comments regarding NFL player protests in November and his use of a racial slur that was revealed last month are the root cause of the chain's 10.5% same-store sales decline last month. The company faces store closures and has risked breaching his debt covenant. Peter, have you seen anything like this? The only thing that comes to mind that was in the same vein was many years ago when Al Copeland uh, had really generated, created a gem in Popeyes. It was Mm -hmm. uh, a brand that just had a lot of attention, a cult following, and he decided largely because of ego to go out and buy his closest competitor churches. Both systems uh, had a large percentage of the chain uh, as franchised. And he just stirred up such a firestorm within both chains among the franchisees, plus took on so much debt for uh, the acquisition for a model that no one could make any sense for because they duplicate their markets were duplicated to a very large degree. And I think the thing that brings it to mind, it was nowhere near as fiery um, or as two-sided as this battle is, but it was ego-driven. And looking at what's happening with John Schnatter, I just can't help but think this is all about ego. And the fact that the man is hurting his own primary asset in bashing or stirring up controversy that hurts a business in which he owns a third. Uh, So uh, I, I think that that ego uh, indulgence uh, we have seen, but man, this is a doozy. I mean, you look at all the particulars, and it's it's like something that they should use as a plot for a Batman movie. There are so many uh, things awry with this situation. Oh yeah, you're um, you're 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 not wrong about that. Um, I you know I had forgotten about the Al Copeland uh, Popeyes churches thing, and it's sort of indicative of of how much of a problem that was if that if you look at what Popeyes have done I mean what they've done since the two chains were separated um, mm-hmm. were, was was fairly extraordinary and um, you know as you mentioned I mean you egos can really really get in the way and at some point you do really have to get um, to get past it and and the situation here with with Papa John's and John Schnatter you know, I mean, Schnatter himself, you know, is blaming company management for these problems. But and, and, and you know, in a little bit of fairness to him, uh, you know, their, their same sort of sales had really been uh, deteriorating, um, uh, you know, in, in the quarters beforehand, going from 5.5 percent in the third quarter of 2016 to 1 percent in the third quarter of 2017. But then if you look at what's happened since that, those November comments, um, down 3.9% in the fourth quarter, down 5.3% in the first quarter, down 6.1% in, in the second quarter, and now down 105 
I don't think there's any question that that what Schnatter's done has definitely led to a pretty steep slowdown there. Mm -hmm. And not only is it a matter of of really hurting sales, but it's really tarnishing the brand for the Mm -hmm. long term. That's the thing. You know, how long will it take to push that behind Papa John's, that whole thing? Or will it forever be tarnished? And and we've seen situations like that. Shoney's had such a tough time after their uh, uh, charges of uh, being prejudiced. Mm-hmm. Um, it took years. Uh, and, and so you look at the damage, the lingering damage. Uh, one of the other aspects of this is something you brought out in the story that uh, we ran yesterday, is that it's really hurting the franchisees. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is the real shame. I mean, these are people whose livelihood – uh, pivots on on Papa John's, and uh, they are not in the same tax bracket as a John Schnatter. Um, and seeing that, seeing the damage done there, that's really heartbreaking. That that's really something. So it's it's not just shooting themselves in the foot; it's shooting themselves in their heads. Uh, uh, and that's the real pain of this. Right. And and the people, the franchisees that are going to get hurt in that situation, the people that are going to end up closing stores. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're going to get some bigger operators that'll close stores, um, you know, and then that's that's a problem in and of itself. Uh, but it's really going to be smaller franchisees where you'll have uh, you know these onesie twosie locate uh, uh, mom and pop operators um, that are located in smaller smaller markets that end up closing their restaurants and and you know and essentially they lose their livelihood. Frankly, through through nothing that they personally did, right? Exactly. I mean, they, they could be uh, uh, exemplary operators, but when you've got the brand tarnished um, and and tarnished to, to such a degree, you know, really having their founder, the person whose name uh, flies atop the units, boy, that is painful. You know, I, I wonder if at some point, if the discussion isn't already there to a serious degree. There is talk of rebranding it because as long as it's Papa John's, I think people are going to associate it with John Schnatter and his comments. Right. Well, the, the, the problem here and and the biggest challenge is the fact that Schnatter has that 30 percent. You can't get rid of that. You can't mm-hmm. get rid of of. Uh, I mean, trust me, I, I know of a number of a public companies. I'm sure you do as well. That would love to get rid of certain shareholders. Mm hmm. Um, uh, a certain family dining chain named uh, Cracker Barrel. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would probably like to get rid of a particular shareholder uh, who owns twenty percent of that company. So, mm-hmm. but you can't do it. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a director, and he does have rights. And uh, you know, and the other element here is that Schneider also probably has some people among those other shareholders that really do support him. Because if you really go back to just a year ago, um, he was a, a fine CEO. Um, mm-hmm. his, he was he might have been somewhat controversial as a spokesman because of his ACA comments a few years ago. But uh, on, on balance, people really liked him. The company had generally performed fairly well. It had some consistent same-source sales uh, performance. And, you know, and people might look back at that and say, you know what, he he deserves another chance. So, um, you know, that sort of puts a wrinkle into any any particular changes that they might make. And, and you know, Schneider's not really going to want to go for a name change. Oh, no, no, not at all. You know, it, in terms of giving him a second chance or third chance, if you include the NFL comments, I think that the public would have been willing to grant that if he had 
said I'm sorry and had sort of gone away. But the fact he keeps picking on this and the fact that he doesn't sort of step in and say, Mia Copa, it was really stupid. I was wrong. I've changed my act. Instead, he kind of comes at other people about it. And, and so he's compounding his crime, so to speak. Um, and, and I think that's what's really holding him back. If he disappeared for a while and just counted his money, um, probably they'd be in far better shape than they are right now. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, really one of the the the, the biggest mistakes that were, was made here goes back to November after his initial comments, and it took him, if you recall, it took Papa John's a couple of weeks to really respond to the comments and the controversy surrounding them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you remember that it was. I mean, there was a very major firestorm after that. Uh, there was a ton of attention being paid uh, to the comments. Um, and, uh, it really, it was sort of this initial damage that was done to the, to the company. And, and really what needed to happen at the time was he really needed to get out front. He needed to talk about it and saying, you know, uh, you know, he, he needed to, I mean, the company needed to apologize. I think that apology needed to come from John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the company really needed to start l- actively looking for ways to evolve its marketing um, Mm -hmm. because you really couldn't at that particular point that issue was so controversial and really Mm -hmm. still is i mean and regardless of what you think of it you know he he at that particular point became sort of a more of a divisive figure and you really don't want that you need your spokesman to be very very vanilla and Mm -hmm. and he was no longer vanilla and and so he needed to sort of start stepping away and 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 you definitely if you a number of reports um you know recently have shown that there was some significant difference within the company over his role and mm-hmm. um and and that di- those differences actually still still appear though it's it's John Schneider who still believes that he can come back and save the company and appear in its ads and the company doesn't think so Yeah, yeah, and I think the company is right, for sure. Uh, You know, with back in uh, November when he spoke out about the NFL, the thing that amazes me, guys like you and I, we uh, we diligently read the Mm -hmm. uh, analysts, uh, the transcripts from analyst calls, and, you know, we're really plugged into that. But your your average Joe or Jane is not, and yet that became – widespread news um, to the whole consuming public because of what he did and what happened afterwards. And we couldn't have scripted a worse situation. And I think the average person heard that and scratched their head and said, well, either I agree with the players or I disagree with the players, but I don't understand how that translated into a downturn in in, uh, pizza sales. So he was stretching credibility even then. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about uh, how this conjures up memories of the past. And I, I think of another founder, Dave Thomas of, of uh, Wendy's. And I remember that they went through a rough patch. And Dave, to his credit, even though he founded this and the chain was named after his daughter, he knew enough and he had enough respect for the operators and the brand and everything that had happened to basically say, running this chain is not my strength. I'm a good figurehead. But running it is not the thing to do. So rather than bad-mouthing the people under him, he elevated them and said, hey, let's you guys know how to do it. You're really good at um, uh, managing the company. Mm-hmm. And so he brought in Jim Neer, and he actually had cards printed up uh, for Jim Neer that said Dave's right-hand man. And he readily kind of seeded 
his involvement and just stepped more into a figurehead role. And, you know, that had to be hard to do. But you, you have to admire a person for doing that, a business person for doing that. Yeah, yeah, you do. And, and a more modern example uh, of that as well, you know, not quite as, you know, not quite as, uh, you know, comparable because, you know, like where Dave Thomas and John Schnatter were both spokesmen for their brands. But, you know, look at what, look at how far into the background Steve Ells has stepped at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really, now granted, there is, you know, there's an activist investor that is on the board and, and, um, and that sort of thing. But, he has remained remarkably quiet. He has really let Brian Nichols sort of take over the company to the point where he's moving headquarters and laying off 400 people, which is very extraordinary and extremely mm. controversial in, an, uh, in, in its own right. Um, and essentially letting, letting the new management sort of do what they're supposed to do. And um, we don't really see that here. Um, you know, at some point, you know, I mean, really the best thing for, as you've mentioned, the best thing really here would be for, for John to say, all right, I'm going to step back into the background. Um, we're going to let the company start, you know, living on its own without me there because it's long-term potential really is without me. It is eventually he's going to have to step away from the marketing one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and so it really needs sort of this long-term marketing um, marketing push. And it has it, you know, in, in terms of quality, it has that quality reputation. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that's where you want to be in the restaurant industry in 2018. No doubt about it. That's uh, quality is the differentiator. And uh, uh, there's so many benefits, especially in that sector where there's so much discounting. If you can uh, avoid uh, that giveaway, that deal making uh, because of your quality, boy, you are ahead of the pack for sure. Yeah. So what 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 do you see as the end game here? Um, what what do you see as the end game here? Where is where is this going? Uh, and and how does this whole situation end? Well, I fear that because of the ego factor, we might see a hostile takeover attempt. I, I really think we're going to see that. And that would the shame of it is it would be disastrous for all parties, including John Schneider. There's no way that his uh, uh, worth can uh, survive that um, uh, in terms of the value of Papa John's would just be driven down. Um, so that to me is worst case scenario, but probably the strongest likelihood. Um, the second possibility that I see, and this too would be disastrous is something that's reminiscent of what happened at Holiday Inns going back a couple decades ago. Um, Holiday Inns was founded by a gentleman named Kemmons Wilson. And Kemmons was just a giant in franchising, a giant in that business. He changed it. He was a a disruptor. And eventually he was kind of pushed out, pushed to the side. And he so resented it that he came back and tried to to develop and generate his own chain and to basically – um, prey on Holiday Inn by trying to pull away their franchisees, by getting their old properties and renovating them into a new brand. And it was just disastrous. And it tarnished his legacy and really just created a distraction for Holiday Inn that they didn't need. But I think that that's a possibility that who knows, we might see a PJ's pizza out there. Um, the thing that I think would be best for all parties is that this thing just faded away, that in time people started forgetting, they resumed their old behavior, the new marketing that begins this fall, I believe, does the trick, it succeeds in distancing them, and basically it's a painful chapter 
that is just closed by time. And Papa John's uh, resumes its growth uh, and uh, resumes its position as a quality brand in a very competitive market. Well, here's the problem. It's not going to go away very quietly. Uh, as and, and I think that's really what we saw this week when, when John Schnatter made uh, some very pointed and very, very aggressive comments uh, that were sent out to the media during the company's earnings call. And um, to me, he is clearly going activist against his own company. He's probably going to um, uh, it's this is probably going to end up basically like, uh, uh, you know, like any any sort of activist situation. I would imagine Mm -hmm. he's going to run for his old board seat. Um, my guess is that he is going to get some people, some, some, uh, you know, some people who, um, uh, you know, some backers, uh, to run for, uh, board seats as well. They are going to, um, do what they can to, um, uh, put throw management under the bus for the sales challenges and try to get some board seats. And, and again, He's got that thirty percent, so we really he only needs to convince twenty, you know, uh, you know, an additional twenty percent of shareholders um, that he's the man for the job. Um, so uh, it's going to be a, a real interesting uh, situation, and is going to keep this company under a cloud for some time. It's such a shame too, because uh, we know that organization, and uh, one of the things I appreciate appreciate about Steve Ritchie is. He's an old school CEO, and then he mm-hmm. climbed his way up from the pizza ovens. And uh, you know, he spent so much time in operations that, uh, as Jim Neer at Wendy's used to say, if it all fell apart and he had to go back to a restaurant in a couple of weeks, he'd be known for the quality of his operation. And now this guy's climbed to CEO, and he has this major distraction. It, it's such a shame. It'd be interesting to see what Steve could do um, without that uh, without that distraction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the um the the other thing here and and one of the wild cards is this um sort of cultural investigation of the company. So there was the Forbes article uh that really threw that really uh painted a pretty dim picture of the culture at Papa John's under existing management. Um uh, I mean, it, it was it was fairly negative about John Schnatter, but it was also negative about Steve Ritchie and some others at the company, and so we really don't know where how that's gonna um, how that's gonna turn out, uh, what it ends up revealing, um, and then what the, that does uh, to the existing management um, uh, of the company as well. Uh, so I mean, that's you know that's so that's this other facet here. Um, is what happens with the existing management, even separate from from John Schnatter. Mm-hmm. In preparation for our conversation here, I went and took a look at their board, and it's not exactly a pillar of diversity. And um, uh, it astounds me that that wasn't one of their first moves to demonstrate their commitment by maybe making some significant changes or mm-hmm. um, some very high-level um, hires in that regard. So that is a real head-scratcher. Um, and you're right. I mean, uh, the old term is male, pale, and stale. And mm-hmm. I think you can apply that to, uh, to to the team there. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It's um, 
it's it's a really important uh, point that you really do need diversity on your board in 2018. I mean, if that's if if you know for for no other reason, and there are obviously some very very good reasons, um, you know, because you know the, your your customer base is diverse, and so you need you need a, a diversity of views in in management and and in your board. But, you know, you also have a lot of these issues that come up and you really do need you need people that are at the top making decisions that, um, you know, uh, you, uh, that are uh, that are diverse and they come from different backgrounds and, and um, you know, you know, certainly different genders and different races and that sort of thing. And um, it's just it's it's really, really, really important. Yeah, probably the two most conservative companies that we cover uh uh, going back a few years, were Darden and McDonald's, mm-hmm. and yet those are the leaders. Those are the the really the uh, threshold setters for diversity, and they saw the business value of it, and they went and did it. Um, and there's no doubt about it. it. It's smart business, and yes, it tell it gives a message to the world that's very clear. Right. So uh, the the question for me here is is whether this company gets sold, and I've gone back and forth and back and forth on it. Um, I I think sooner or I think later uh, it could possibly get sold. Sooner is is a, a a much bigger question. You know, the stock right now is 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 at roughly a five year low. Um, you know, that sort of throws a, a wrench into any potential sale. It means that shareholders are going to lose some money. And, um, you know, I think a hostile takeover is possible. You could see, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a Schnatter, sort of Schnatter-backed um, effort to take over the company in a hostile form, like you had mentioned. Um, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, ultimately, I think going private is is the best uh, case scenario for the company, um, mm-hmm. so it can fix its its problems away from the limelight. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, I just don't know when that happens, um, and and how it happens. Uh, you know, without really shareholders taking a bath, and that includes John, John Schnatter. Yeah, indeed, I I fully agree with you. Um, uh, unfortunately, as he continues to drive down the price of the stock, that possibility becomes much more realistic. Um, uh, and the other thing, you know, we we both know that there are a number of companies out there that are shopping for acquisitions. They're looking for a growth vehicle. This is not that growth vehicle, but still, it's a solid business. Um, but we forget about the European or the the foreign uh, entities that are looking to get into the U.S. in a huge way and have the deep pockets and might mm-hmm. want to do that and could look at this as an investment that could pay dividends far down the road. So there's that wild card as well. But I, I do think that one way or another, um, we probably will see, unfortunately, a change in ownership for them. If they could go private, boy, that would be ideal for the reason that you said. They could heal their wounds and uh, uh, not have the distraction of, of seeing their um, stakeholders' uh, uh, fortunes go down. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the companies that you mentioned, uh, or that uh, that that is looking to to make acquisitions in the United States, is um, the owner of Smashburger, Jollibee. Yeah. I mean, they're they're looking for a Mexican concept right now, but uh, I mean, you could uh, you could imagine them, you know, taking a risk on on something like Papa John's. 
Um, one public company that uh, has long been associated with, a, uh, uh, you know, has long been speculated as as a potential uh, buyer of Papa John's is, is Burger King's owner, Restaurant Business International. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really the one publicly traded company I think that could step in and credibly take it over without really taking a hit from uh, you know from the public. That's that's also a company that would definitely go in. Um, and and work, make major major cultural changes and and that sort of thing and and definitely have deep pockets. But um, you know, again, the, the, you know, the question really really is when. And um, I've again, I've I've I have no idea. I don't think it happens anytime in the very near future, given sort of what is going on with the company at the moment. Yeah, and we can't forget uh, what could be the uh, the white hatted. Uh, cowboy riding to the rescue, the the one that's always cited as a potential suitor, uh, Inspire Brands, the mm-hmm. uh, parent of Arby's and uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, you know, they, they do have the resources of work behind them and certainly a proven track record at turnarounds. Um, but but uh, it's a big it's a big bite to swallow, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think Inspire kind of has its hands full with Buffalo Wild Wings at this particular point anyway. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, so, and I, I hope uh, if it is Restaurant uh, Brands International um, that they manage to get their house in order in terms of Tim Hortons and that whole situation. Uh, certainly, that didn't go swimmingly in the eyes of a lot of Canadian loyalists. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it would make a lot of sense for sure. It, it would, and but um, you know, kind of to your point. It's really, really hard to uh, try to fix one brand at a time, and then if you're trying to fix two brands, that's mm-hmm. you know that's 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 a challenge. And uh, and it, to me, and and I think you know, like Tim Hortons' issue in in Canada is is nowhere near to the problem that Papa John's is uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's you know uh, you know they're really sort of just kind of holding serve roughly up there. Um, with their sales, but you know, you you really don't want to have to have you know one eye on this fix and then another eye on that fix. You know, you really do want to devote some you know a lot of attention to to one. Absolutely, absolutely. By that theory, you know, one of the other things that struck me looking at the board, I'd forgotten that Kent Taylor was a director. <laughs> well, he's kind of local. Yeah, absolutely, um, and you talk about. Uh, Someone who has a brand that's humming, um, sure he has the uh, the upstart, um, but that's still a, more an experiment than a, a repair project for sure. So exactly. Well, Peter, uh, thank you very much uh, for for joining me on this uh, special edition of a deeper dive. Well, thank you, Jonathan, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch. So I think we'll be back on talking about this topic again. Yeah, I got to imagine this is not the last time we do this. So, all right. Well, thanks. Thank you, sir. A Deeper Dive was edited by Kimberly Colley. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. Contributors to this podcast include Heather Lally, Pat Kobe, Sarah Rushworth, and Peter Romeo. Executive producer is Sarah Lockyer. You can find our podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash podcast. You can also find this and other episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host and podcast producer. Thank you for listening.